Welcome to the Adult Autism, A Spectrum of Uniqueness podcast, a podcast series for adults on the autism spectrum or those who think they might be autistic. Here's your host, Chris Quarto. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Adult Autism, A Spectrum of Uniqueness podcast. You know, a big challenge for a lot of autistic folks is communicating with people. And, you know, communication issues can take a lot of different forms. And I'm only going to scratch the surface of the, of the types of problems that an autistic person or their neurotypical counterparts experience when communicating with one another in this podcast episode. But I think the, the ones I talk about are fairly uh, common problems. Now, generally speaking, it's not unusual for things to get lost in the translation when autistic people communicate with people. And I'm primarily talking about verbal communication in this podcast episode. Obviously, nonverbal communication plays a big role too, but here's what I mean. If you've ever tried talking to someone who speaks a different language and they're trying their darndest to communicate with you in English, but it's just not happening. You know what I'm talking about. They're, they're not using many words or certain words that are necessary for effective communication. Or maybe they're using the wrong words in the context of the conversation. Or they're just not using words that have a good translation. Like um, <laughs> the word fart means good luck in Polish. You probably didn't know that, did you? Uh, in Dutch, the word blubber and beer mean mud or bear. And so if you were having a conversation with somebody who was Dutch and they didn't speak good English and you asked them, hey, how'd you like to go to the bar for a beer? They might look at you strange wondering why you want to go to the bar to get a bear. So you see what I'm talking about here. When an autistic person communicates with somebody, the words or the phrases they use may not be clear or specific or appropriate in the context, which means that the listener needs to infer meaning. In other words, to figure out what they're trying to get across to them. Now, autistic folks shouldn't be blamed or, or looked at as you know lesser than because of their communication difficulties. In fact, it's possible to look at to look at a communication problem as a communication difference, and that neurotypical people have a responsibility to adjust their communication patterns accordingly. Like, it's not uncommon for miscommunications to occur when uh, neurotypical people aren't specific about what they're trying to get across to an autistic person. Ambiguity can not only be puzzling, but quite frustrating to an autistic person who experiences problems putting together the, um, the pieces of the puzzle, so to speak, when they talk to people. So for example, the owner of a coffee shop who hires a barista may talk to them about the various job duties, um, one of which is to hang Christmas ornaments and, and decorate the coffee shop in creative ways to maintain a positive vibe in the shop. And so 
The autistic person comes into the shop early before anyone else arrived the following day, thinking that they would surprise the owner by putting up ornaments uh, and that this would be a great way to create a positive mood for the customers. Well, unfortunately, the owner didn't see it that way. Why, you ask? Well, he thought it was odd that the new barista decorated the shop with ornaments in mid-July. And this didn't go over well with the barista's co-workers either, who not only thought it was a really weird thing to do, but that they were trying to win favor with the owner. Now, the autistic person was dumbfounded because they were just following through on what they thought the owner wanted them to do. Now, another thing that can pose challenges to some autistic folks is when they hear people use idioms. Because their brains may default to literal translations of things, an autistic person may have to work harder at understanding what a neurotypical person is trying to get across to them when they insert an idiom into a conversation. So, for example, a person might say, yeah, he told me that the tofu that was served at the party had superb flavor, but I suspect it was tongue-in-cheek. Now, when an autistic person hears this, they might conjure an image of a person at a party with a bulge in their cheek where their tongue was making it protrude and take a second or two to deduce that, oh, there's a different meaning to what the person said. Because the words don't mean exactly what they say, it can get a little confusing for an autistic person to keep up with the flow of conversation when their brain is still trying to tease out the meaning of the idiom. So, what's an autistic person to do to improve communication with people? Well, that question isn't totally clear when you think about it, and why should it only be the autistic person's responsibility to improve communication with people? Isn't there something that neurotypical people could change about how they communicate with autistic folks? Well, in fact, there is. If you're a neurotypical person who's listening to this podcast, one of the most important things you can do is to live by the maxim, say what you mean and mean what you say. Anticipating that an autistic person may have difficulty understanding you, uh, what, what you say means that um, you should make efforts to adjust your language and, and phrasing of things so it's clearer. Now, it's possible that the neurotypical person may misperceive the autistic person when they communicate with them, maybe thinking that they're ignoring them or blowing them off or simply not expressing interest in what they have to say because they're not making good eye contact. And if the autistic person has a monotone voice quality, it can also send the wrong message. However, the, the autistic person's lack of eye contact probably has less to do with their lack of interest in communicating and more to do with needing extra time to process information and figuring out what to say, how to say it, because making eye contact with a person can be distracting. And so they might not want to look at the other person. Once again, miscommunication is at play in this scenario. Now, knowing that it's difficult to process certain types of information or, or 
large amounts of information quickly and efficiently in the moment. A communication breakdown can occur, making the uh, autistic person feel overwhelmed and, and wanting to avoid getting into long conversations with people. And it's especially frustrating to them that others don't understand communications that might seem clear to them or that it's necessary to have to explain things or, or to have to go into detail about things with people to get their point across to them. So the anxiety increases when the autistic person either tries to find something to say or figure out how to explain themselves and not appear, you know, quote, weird uh, when they do this. And this is where masking can enter into the equation, where the person just, you know, figures, I'm just going to give a quick, you know, socially acceptable answer instead of figuring out what they want to say or, or how they want to say it and, and feeling awkward in the process. And even though autistic, the autistic person has difficulty expressing themselves, they still may have a desire to engage in a conversation, but just feel anxious doing it because of the processing challenges. Now, for a neurotypical person, it's analogous to translating um, like English into Spanish or another foreign language where a lot of thought and effort is placed into translating language in a way that's understandable to the listener. Now, it might make sense for an autistic person to advocate for themselves when they're talking to someone. It doesn't have to be every person they talk to, just, just when they feel it's most relevant or important to advocate for themselves. They might let the other person know, for example, that it sometimes takes a minute for them to process and understand what they're hearing the person tell them in a conversation and to um, formulate a response. And in addition, the response may not always be expressed in a fluid or organized manner. And, and the, uh, the gist of their message is the primary thing that they're aiming for. So this may require the, the neurotypical person to ask questions to clarify things, just like the autistic person may need to ask questions due to things getting lost in the translation for, for both parties. But as long as the end goal is for each person to achieve understanding of one another's perspectives, then all is good. Now, I had mentioned previously that communication challenges among autistic folks has to do with not having all the pieces of the puzzle. So in other words, when people communicate with one another, they sometimes leave out important details, which means that the listener has to infer what the speaker is talking about. Now, sometimes that's easy, sometimes not so much. It's, it's um, analogous to having all the pieces to a puzzle and trying to figure out what the puzzle, or not having, I should say, not having all the pieces to the puzzle and trying to figure out what the, what the puzzle looks like as a whole without those missing pieces. And this could be easy to figure out or leave the person scratching their head wondering what they're looking at. As a neurotypical person, it's important to keep this in mind. In other words, to be conscious of this communication challenge and to provide as many puzzle pieces to the autistic person as they need 
so that they're not left guessing what you're trying to get across to them and feel frustrated. Now, in some cases, the problem is, is opposite, in that an autistic person may go into great depth and detail when they're describing their perspectives and experiences, leaving the neurotypical person just kind of like a, a passive listener waiting for their, for their opportunity to participate in the, quote, conversation. And you know what? The autistic person may have good reason for doing this. For example, they may have gone through lots of negative experiences in the past being misunderstood and feel the need to over-explain so they don't experience negative repercussions of their communication challenges. In other situations, it may be due to a lack of awareness in terms of how they're um, coming off to the other person or how the other person is experiencing them when they're going on and on about whatever it is that they're talking about. And this is, this is known as theory of the mind, which discusses how it's not always an easy thing for an autistic person to place themselves in the shoes of another person. While the autistic person could work on being more brief in their communications, the first step will need to be increasing their awareness of their tendency to over-explain or to over-elaborate and to be more succinct whenever possible. And that could be done with the help of a neurotypical friend, a family member, or an advocate. This person could, uh, for example, ask the autistic person to try to, to, to boil down what they want to communicate into a few main points and to communicate these points as succinctly as possible or, or maybe give them a private, uh, I don't know, private hand signal that means that they've talked a lot and it's getting hard to maintain focus on what they're saying. Now, there are obviously other communication challenges that can occur that I didn't talk about in this podcast episode, but the idea is to provide you with some things to reflect on as an autistic person or as a neurotypical family member, friend, coworker, advocate. And maybe there are some things you could tweak, or maybe as an autistic person, you could advocate for yourself by asking people you're close to to tweak something about their communications with you. In fact, regardless um, of if you're an autistic person or a neurotypical person, make it a goal this week to tweak your communication pattern once or twice and just see what happens. My guess is that you'll feel a little awkward or uncomfortable doing it at first because that's what happens whenever you try something new or you uh, deviate from what you know and what feels comfortable. Well, give yourself a chance. And, and if it doesn't work out the greatest the first time you try it, don't beat yourself up. Don't get discouraged. Just give yourself grace and give it another try. Okay, so what are the takeaways from this episode? Well, Communication definitely is not a straightforward process. Sometimes people say one thing, but mean something else. And it's just not an autistic person's responsibility to change the way they communicate with people so things go smoother. Neurotypical folks also have a responsibility to tweak how they communicate with autistic people 
to meet them in the middle. And there may be good reasons for why autistic people communicate the way that they do. And recognizing these reasons and accommodating for them um, as the neurotypical person, that's an important aspect of good communication. Okay, until next time, this is Chris Quarto. Thanks again for joining me. And remember, your uniqueness is awesome. Oh,